Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. My guest today is Democratic um, mayoral candidate Valerie Faust. And Valerie is going to talk about the latest uh, gun violence in the city of Albany. So, Valerie, it, it never seems to stop. What do you think? I'm not surprised because we're not doing things that would have more of a a dent or more of a, a power in getting things to change. Um, we see that uh, arbitrary closing of businesses don't work. They continue. Shootings continue. Murder continues. Increasing police and law enforcement alone hasn't worked, uh, you know, and even the all the firearms that they have been taking off the street, it looks like there's a there's an endless supply of guns in the hands of uh, of our young people. So um, I'm I'm just thinking that if you don't do something really different and come up with some really new ideas that engage people, we're not going to really see a change. Uh, so we need to do something very different. So what do you envision as something different? Well, you know, like I've always said, you got to get to people. You have to um you have to get to the the families of the victims, you have to get to the families of the perpetrators, you have to get the young people uh who knows what's happening in the street, not asking them to snitch but asking them for their insight on what's going on because we do know that a lot of the uh, uh, murders have been retaliation. Someone killed um, a gang member in another part of town, so they retaliate. Um, a lot of it is over drugs. Some of it is over um, just uh, looking at just being in the wrong place at the wrong time. So, it's it's if you don't get to to uh the community and the people who live in the community where these crimes affect the most it it's not going to change it's just not going to change we do need this is this is the thing that bothers me Cynthia it's that the gun violence is the main problem but you have to include the fact that gun violence affect the health and the well-being of communities, it, it includes education, affecting education, economic investment. Nobody wants to invest in these communities. Uh, you know, banks don't want to invest too much. It makes it hard for a lot of African Americans and people of color to get uh, bank loans. You know, is it, the community healthy? I mean, parents are crying and worrying over their children. It's high blood pressure. There's diabetes. You know, there's there's uh, um, other issues like asthma and things like that going on in the community. So you can't just go after gun violence. You have to involve the many facets of the community and the people who live in the community because we've already seen what does not work. But all of that together can work if we have the youth, from the streets, not just these youth that are doing good in school, not just the youth, you know, they get the kids that are not the problem. You know, you have to get to the problematic children, the children who are have gone through juvenile uh, system. Um, when I used to work with juvenile 
probation, a lot of these kids we tried to keep out of jail and um, give them alternatives, give them community service. But these are the kids we need to get to in these in these forums and on in the talk. We need the politicians. We need the parents. We need we need the grandparents. I love a story I read recently. You may have read it too about the seniors speaking out against crime in the city, and. Uh, mm-hmm. So that, you know, that was encouraging because it takes all of us to come together and, and do this, uh, to make this change because what we've been trying, everybody knows it's not working. So we're just you know, if you could, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I just said we all need to hunker down and, and, and get together and, and, and do this. If you drive through certain sections of Albany, you see boarded up buildings, you see buildings with the X on it and so forth, but yet there's quite a number of neighborhoods that have new uh, apartment buildings and the um, rents are pretty pretty high, you know. They are. If there's, if there's X, X, uh, Xs on the buildings and boarded up buildings, and then in another part of town, there's, you know, luxurious, um, I'm sorry, luxurious apartment buildings. Tell me, who are they being built for? And where are these people coming from? And where do they work to afford these luxury apartments? You know, that's one of the questions I have because um, some people were looking at apartments and, you know, they couldn't afford them. Their their salary had to be less, you know, at least 40000 to get in. Um, they, you know, uh, they couldn't have X amount of kids, you know, so it was a lot of limitation and it blocked out a lot of people. But, you know, it's like the redlining, it's still, that's, kind of still going on because I went by a lot of nice buildings that are being built in, in the inner city uh, down on um, down near Orange Street, on Clinton, uh, down that way. And my sister told me that someone said, unless you have housing grants or Section 8, you can't get in, and they're only letting a few of those type of people in. So who are they building them for? And who are these people that are, are, are occupying them? You know, are they that, executives that are coming question. to town? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's a good question. You know, um, so I'm thinking that maybe, you know, they're hiring people from other places to come into town and they're giving them uh, the first preferences on these apartments and they can afford to pay them, pay that rent. So, again, that's a part of the problem because when you have boarded up houses and and you are walking by them every day and trash on the street and people hanging out with nothing to do and and you try to talk hope to them and they're like, yeah, right, they don't care about us, they're not going to do anything. And, uh, And it's true because if you don't do anything to fight for your life, to fight for your community, to fight for your children, to fight for a better outcome in your neighborhood, no. Who, who's going to do it, Cynthia? If, if, mm-hmm. if the people 
neighborhood don't, if if they don't reach out and demand, if they don't vote, if they don't uh, attend meetings, who is going to care? So right. uh, so it's like almost a vicious circle that goes around and around, and our communities, uh, black communities, uh, remain the same. Uh, our kids, look how many of the kids have been killed um, young ones, uh, middle-aged ones, 30s, 40s, 50s, years old. These people belong to people. These sons and daughters belong to mothers and fathers and cousins. And, and, and there's a, can you imagine the level of pain in the inner city right now? To mention people in other communities that read this news, how they're feeling. Um, so there's a lot of grief going on. There's a lot of hurt, pain, anger, you name it, a cloud of darkness. And we need to have someone, uh, you know, in 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 politics, someone that that has some wherewithal or some some insight, some vision, to bring this all together and to really work hard at stopping the violence, slowing it up, and getting our kids to want to live and to want to help others to live. And it's not happening the way we're doing it. So let's do something new. Because of the proliferation of, of gun violence in the city of Albany, how many people have been shot this summer? Do you know? Do you have any statistics on how many people well, have been shot and how many have uh, died because of it? Well, I have the, the, the stats for um, since May, nine people were murdered since May wow. up to now. People were murdered. And a little while ago, a prompt came over my um, phone that someone was shot in uh, uh, North Albany. So I haven't gotten any information on that because I knew I had to be on the call with you. But uh, if that's true, there's yet another shooting. And now um, it's just so sad, you know. And it's all over the country. It's all over the country. But we have to focus on what are we going to do in Albany? Uh, thank God that in 2018 they weren't, we weren't on the top ten most violent, gun violent uh, cities, we, uh, you know. But 2019, I think we could have been on that last list, you know, when we had uh, over 100 in one of those years uh, of uh, crime shootings and a combination of shootings and, and deaths. So. Uh, we have we have to do something, and there are ideas, there are uh, things that we can do, and evidently um, it's just not happening. But I would love to get with the, you know, we have a new snug uh, director now. We have a new person there, and um, so I'm I'm I got in t- contact with him to work with him uh, to come up with ideas how to even be more effective than. Um, they are so um, I'm still reaching out I'm running as as a write-in candidate but whether Mm -hmm. I'm running or not my heart has always been in the community and to help make things better for all people so I want to still reach out and do work in communities um, and and organizations to to make things better so when you say a new director what group are you talking about say that again uh, Snug, S-N-U-G. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. Snug, snug anti-gun violence uh, group here in the city. They have a new director, um, 
Mr. Okay. Brown is no longer there. And I, I, I'm trying to remember the name of the young man, but um, he's the son of Portia Gaddy. Um, and he, I met him the other day. So we, we just, we have to dig in. We have to dig in. We can't continue to act like we're hopeless victims of unlimited crime and shooting and we, we can't do nothing. We're at the mercy of these, these uh, gun-toting uh, young people who just uh, seem to keep going at it and, and not have a heart. And, the, you know, the other thing I heard from some kids the other day was that, you know, they, they don't want to carry a – they don't want to – are you there? I'm here. Oh, okay. I, I heard a sound. Yeah, uh, they said they don't no, want to carry them, right? But they carry them because <laughs> they need to have self-defense because it's so violent out there. You know, they get held up. People think they have money. They think they have drugs. Um, of course, some do sell drugs, and some are on corners, and, you know, there's, you know, uh, lines of demarcation, don't come across this line and things like that. And they said, you know, we're not killers. We don't want to kill anybody, but we don't want to be killed. So they are carrying their guns mm-hmm. to protect themselves. But then you have the other <laughs> side out there, just hardcore thugs. They 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 don't care. They're cold blooded. They're heartless, and they 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 don't care if they kill someone, and and uh, keep moving. So there are two types of gun toters out there, and and there may be even another kind that just want to have a gun because it's it's so intriguing to own a gun. Some of these young kids. So our so, job is cut out for us. So, you know, you've been you've been living in Albany for a number of years, correct? Over 35, yes. Okay. So, over the years you've heard and you probably talked to a lot of elected officials. In your oh, opinion, in your opinion, has the elected officials that are in office right now whether they're uh, the the mayor, common council members, whatever, do you believe that they're addressing the problem in a realistic way? Well, in my honest opinion, and my honest opinion uh, sometimes makes people upset, but if they, I think if they were, that we would see some sort of change, um, if it even was a little bit of change, a little slowing up or whatever in the gun violence. And I think um, that they can do better. That Now, they had a, a video out, a video out where different community people and politicians were saying, uh, you know, positive things about uh, anti-gun violence. I don't know how effective that was, and I don't know if they rated it or what. But I think more can be done. I think more can be done. I have some good ideas. I'd like to talk with some people about them. Um, Because I've been in the community, in the heart of community for many years, even though some people say they never saw me out there, I have been out there. And, you know, I don't have to lie about that because it can even be, it can easily be proven I'm lying. But I've been out there. And so people talk to me. I know, uh, um, you know, a lot of people 
that's in the heat of the middle of this where they can give me advice. They can come together. They don't want this happening. And and, and you've got to have contact with the people. The people have to trust you. And if they don't trust you, you you're lost. You, you're not going to get any real cooperation from them. You're not going to be able to engage them, to include them, and to really have them speak their heart if they don't trust you. And a lot of people don't trust our, our leaders. They don't, and that's, that's a fact. I hear it all the time. And uh, I've heard it over the years. You know, um, I listen to, you know how Facebook send you a memory uh, from what, something you said a while ago. Right. And, and I was sitting there listening. I usually don't even listen to them because, you know, I said it. So I'm just, but this particular one, I decided to listen to it. And I was talking about the killings that were going on. This was over a year ago, talking about the killings and what we need to do and, and talking about engaging. The same thing I'm talking about now. I was talking about then, and the message has not changed. It has gotten more urgent. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm just, um, you know, with some prayer, because I am praying and there's a lot of other people praying. I heard that, you know, the, the uh, pastors on patrol, they're out there trying to do what they can do, and there are so many different facets out there. But the thing is, we all have to get together, Cynthia. We, we cannot do it in our own little nook, in our own little program. We have to take the leadership hat off, the boss hat off, and it's my program or I have all the answers. We've got to wipe all of that out and get to the table, all of us, as I mentioned before, from the, the youth out there in the street to the grandmommy. So, and I'm a grandma. I'm a great grandma, so I, you know, mm-hmm. I feel this. I, as you as you talk to people, and you talk about issues such as gun violence in Albany, have you encountered a lot of apathy or not? Lots, lots. The people are really, yeah, yeah. They they are a really you know, apathetic. I mean, what do you, what are you what are you going to do when you think um, people are not people are not um, doing for you uh, what you think they should do? But you you're not doing for yourself. You know, it's like I want a job, Cynthia, but I'm sitting on my butt, and then I expect you to go out and find me a job. Mm-hmm. No, that's. It doesn't work like that. So, you know, there's a lack of interest, enthusiasm, and and it, it's and it's widespread. But it's so hard to excite and ignite. You know, put fire on the people to say, "Look, we want this change. What do we have to do? Let's do it." You know, because there's so much apathy. There's, uh, you know, because things have continued so long. As I said, Cynthia, this gun violence affects, you know, you know, keep a community from being healthy, uh, economic investments, you know, the criminal justice system. How many of our kids are in jail and been arrested? These, these, these are fathers taken from um, their children, from their moms and relatives. And Albany County is full. I know people in Albany County. Um, uh, it's full. It's full. Uh, I'm surprised it's not overcrowded yet. 
but um, we feel this. The community feels this. The, the, not only the mother who lost the child, but the uh, but the mother who lost the other child who did the crime, who she may not see for 25 years, you know. So it, it's mm-hmm. both sides of the of grieving and hurt and pain, and we have to deal with all these dynamics and not just, like we're talking about housing, let's really get house, good, decent, affordable housing out there for for the uh, people who need it. And let's, let's get mental health out there for the people who need it. A lot of, the, you know, it's a lot of mental health issues going on from these killings and, and, and this crime and other poverty issues that the, the community face. There's a lot to do. You can't just throw cops out there. You can't just get law enforcement. You can't, you can't just close businesses down. You can't just uh, take firearms off the street. You have to get to the bottom of it, as I've said many, many times. You've got to get to the root of it and get to the people it most affects. So you're originally from New York City, I believe, Brooklyn, right? Okay, yes. Okay. Yes, I am. So when you moved up here, um, who was mayor at that point? Jennings. Who? Jennings. Mayor Jennings. Jennings was mayor. Okay. So over the years, have you seen because you're a pastor? So over mm-hmm. the years, have you seen apathy uh, get bigger? Or do you think more people are willing to get involved than when you first moved to Albany? Well, when I first moved to Albany, people people were enthousi- a little more enthousi- enthusiastic because, I, you know, I worked with them. I was working with their children. I was going to court with them. I was advocating for them. And, and, and Judge Herrick Court, I was an advocate to help people understand what was said by lawyers and the judge and whatnot. I went with them to uh, uh, juvenile probation. I went with them to child protection courts. I mean, you know, I was helping people. And so, uh, and I had working on different boards that helped people, including mental health and and other agencies, um, HIV, AIDS. So people were getting help. They were getting hands-on, and I was helping a lot of people. But as the years went on and money scarce and and uh, the support systems weren't there and people were fighting over grant money, uh, things got, got a, a lot worse. People started saying there's no use. And then when we had that big old Rockefeller drug law thing where uh, people's sons were snatched out of colleges and snatched off the street, um, for gang-related uh, things that they were no longer a part of. We were fighting for that. A lot of the community lost hope over that because many of our sons and uh, daughters were just snatched and given these horrible sentences uh, with no true justice. And, and so a big apathy came during that time and sadness and enthusiasm was being lost. And there were so many things over the years that, Pretty much got worse, Cynthia. Pretty much got worse for a group of people and better for another group of people, which is a smaller segment. The people it got better for is a smaller segment than the inner city black and brown people who are really in need of the services and the help and the 
push and the pull and everything that we can do to pull them up and to get them believing in the system again is not being done. So, so things can only get worse before they, we really wake up and start doing something to make it better. And I don't think we, we are as awake as we think we are. So tell us a little bit about your campaign. You're running as a write-in candidate? Yes, I am. I'm running as a write-in uh, primarily because many of the people who supported me urged me to do so. And also uh, after I sat down and really thought about the change that needs to be done and the people who came up and really almost cried that I didn't win, uh, the primary thought that I should have won it and, you know, and still feeling like if, if um, and, and no shade to Kathy, but I'm just answering a question, feeling that if she stays in office, things are going to get worse, that, um, you know, we really need to change uh, that uh, she can't bring. And then they're not enthusiastic about uh, the uh, Republican, the conservative um Oh, I forgot her name. Alicia. Alicia Purdy. Yes. Because uh-huh. they're saying she has no history in Albany. Nobody, you know, she has not walked in it. And then a lot of them are complaining about how she talks about um, the the city and, and don't feel that she really, you know, so people have their opinions. And so they said, you have to stay in. We, we, we need you to try to, to win. And so that's what I'm doing. Um, I'm running this write-in campaign, and people are behind mm-hmm. me. Um, and, and, you know, Cynthia, a lot of people are, are uh, undercover because they don't want, for one reason or another, to be known that they're supporting me. And um, so, you know, I can't take pictures with them and post them. I can't, um, you know, mention their name if they donate. I can't... Uh, um, you know, ask them to show up at something because they're, they're uh, I guess I'll call them secret supporters. And, and it's a shame that that has to be, but, but they're so afraid that if she wins, they will be retaliated against, you know? Yeah. So, you know, so, it's, and I'm like, that should not be. Why should they be that fearful and that, that uh, uh, what can I say? nervous about, um, you know, and they, they told me, and I, I respect it. I respect it. I respect it because okay. they have to, it's just like when we, we uh, allegedly, um, from people saying that she was doing electioneering on primary day, um, people called me, and um, one man sent me a text about it. He was upset, and we called the the board of election and uh, here and down in New York and, uh, but uh, you know, you have to catch them in, in it. And so people were like, we saw her and we, 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 can you hear me? Uh, call just came yeah. in. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, they saw, but we can't, we can't come out and write a statement because, you know, we will get, be in trouble the next time we want to do poll watching or, or, be working at the polls, we, you know, it'll work against us. So, you know, that was, they, you know, I didn't expect them to come forward. So I, I respected that. I didn't get mad at them and call them a coward. I'm like, okay, I understand totally. So that's okay. So we just, yeah. we just have a, a little time left. Um, 
give your um, info on how people can reach you if you want, if they want to volunteer or donate money to your campaign. Okay, they can reach me um, at uh, this uh, campaign number. We'll get back to you. Nine two nine seven two four five zero six four. That's nine two nine seven two four five zero six four. You can reach me at face on Facebook on Faust uh, for Albany. You can go to my website faustforalbany.com. We're on Twitter and we're on Instagram, so you can get to us, or you can inbox me on Facebook. Go to Valerie Faust, Valerie F Faust, and inbox me, and I'll get back to you. And um, we do need your help. We do need uh, the volunteers to come alongside of us and get out of our, get our literature out. We're doing get out the vote because a lot of people are still not registered to vote, so we're doing that. And um, we're running it like a, a regular campaign because it is. It's, it's a write-in campaign, and we're uh, doing things to uh, a little extra stuff to, to uh, win, to have a better chance at winning. Uh, okay, great, Valerie. Thanks. We'll talk again. So you've been listening to Valerie Faust, um, candidate for mayor in the city of Albany. I'm Cynthia Poole. This is Focus on Albany. And if you like the show, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Valerie, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye-bye.